Hey friend, it's David Dubinsky here in Brooklyn, here at the Portfolio Career Podcast to help you take ownership of your portfolio career and design the life that you want to live. Today's conversation is a special episode. Um, this is an episode when I was recently interviewed by my friends at Propel, a membership community for builders. You can learn more at propel.run. Um, I was interviewed by them for a an event on how to accelerate your career uh, on personal projects. So in this episode, you'll learn about how personal projects can accelerate your career. You'll learn about how and why I started my podcast in 2018, how I've been able to keep it going, how I've been able to connect with some amazing people, and how the podcast has led to professional opportunities. As always, this episode with Time Stamp Notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can, can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which has the best insights from the podcast and front source job opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with me and Arif from Propel. So we'll uh, kick off the first question by asking, what prompted you initially to start the podcast and what drives you to keep it going? Yeah, um, great question. So a while ago that it, uh, it's fun to think back. Um, so I started the Portfolio Career Podcast in the summer of 2018. About a year, about a year and a half ago before then, uh, I had recently moved to New York. And when I moved to New York, I was really uh, inspired by people that were freelancing, that were creators, that were community builders. And after moving here from San Francisco, where when I was at in San Francisco, it was all about like, what startup do you work at? And then when I moved to New York, it was like, what's your personal project? What are you building on the side? What's your side hustle and stuff? And um, I became friends with people that had a lot of these personal projects. And then when I started kind of operating a little bit like a, a startup of me, so to speak, of working on multiple things, a little bit almost accidentally, because I was trying to figure out what was next. And um, I started doing this. And then people were asking me like, hey, can I pick your brain? Um, like what you're doing is really cool. I see you doing some stuff with events. I see you doing this. I see you doing that. Like what's going on here? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I didn't really like intentionally design this. It, I kind of just like figured it out one step at a time. Um, and then when people were asking me to like, kind of pick my brain, um, I was like, well, look, there's all these other people that were um, building these, you know, portfolio careers or portfolios of stuff that they were doing. And, and not all the time is, is, is making money or not, but, um, and then right around that time, when people were asking me, I got a, an email, I, I follow Seth Godin's uh, daily blog. And one of the emails was, Hey, I'm starting this new, cohort-based learning program called the Podcasting Fellowship. Um, and it was like the perfect kind of um, email and program. It was very like, hey, you know, uh, you know, start a podcast. It's a very affordable program. Um, there'll be a great community with you um, and we'll help you, you know, go from idea to, to launch a show. And, you know, at that time I was like, eh, I don't, I didn't have a body of work. I was like, let me just see what this, what this could turn into, like no pressure, kind of low stakes. And yeah, he, here we are 240 episodes later, but if you had asked me like, Hey, do you think, you know, you're going to publish 240 episodes in the summer of 2018? I would have said no way, but I'm glad that I did. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And how long was the program? The program was seven weeks and it was the summer of 2018. Yeah. It was seven weeks. And so come with an idea. Um, and, and then at the end of it, leave with an episode, um, and one thing that actually was a big aha for me there was when I joined this program it was the first time I'd really been a part of these kind of cohort-based learning programs um, and communities like, you know, Propel um, and the power of like-minded people in the same 
Zoom room or in the same um, Slack, uh, all collectively trying to, all individually, but collectively trying to go on the same kind of journey and build stuff and create stuff and start companies, start personal projects. Like it was like, once I saw that, I couldn't like unsee, so to speak. It was just such a powerful experience. People, you know, cheering each other on, supporting each other on. It was like, I was hooked on it. <laughs> it was such a magical experience. Nice. So it sounds like from the beginning, you had a lot of energy, a lot of uh, wind behind your back to, uh, you know, start the, the program. But what has sort of kept you going uh, 240 episodes later? Yeah. So right after, right after I started publishing a couple episodes, like I, I wasn't, I was really, I didn't know how much I was going to like interviewing um, and kind of like, outreach and then prepping and that whole kind of process was like a really cool experience and still is that I didn't really anticipate that how much I would like the kind of like forcing function to learn about an expert, um, study up on them and then have a conversation with them and like really learn and connect. Like I didn't really realize how much like that experience was going to be really like powerful for me. Um, so that's one part. And then, uh, so I was kind of like hooked on that kind of feeling for a while. And then right after Couple couple weeks, couple months later, um, in the fall of 2018, Seth Godin and Alexander De Palma, who started this uh, podcasting fellowship together, um, they were doing another, like the second cohort, um, and I somehow got asked to be a coach in it. And um, and so again, there was 300 people plus, like all trying to start a podcast, and that environment was really uh, inspiring. And I don't know, there's something about uh, helping people launch shows. Uh, means that you should probably keep your show going. So uh, I did that for about, I coached there for about a year or so. And that definitely kept me going. And then after you start doing something repeatedly for a long time, I think it just becomes kind of second nature. And it's not about like, it's not about how am I going to do it? It's like, I'm going to do this. And like, what is it going to look like almost? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I can imagine that there's been some lulls uh, along the way um, I'm curious to hear what have been some of the inflection points that have allowed you to keep the podcast growing and, and keep your energy uh, involved in it. Loss? No way. It's it's super easy, right? Just like starting a company, like it's super easy, right? Everything is just up and to the right, huh? To the right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, the lulls, um, sometimes the lulls, which are like an example could be like a last minute uh, cancellation uh, by someone who I'm going to talk to. And then I'm like, Ooh, like a new episode is going out next week. So I don't really like plan that much in advance. Like I kind of like the one to two weeks out um, kind of outreach and then chatting and then publishing. So I, there's uh, attention um, and risk associated with kind of my show. Um, but I kind of like that real time, like in the flow kind of workflow. Mm -hmm. Um so the lulls, like, let's say somebody cancels on me, then I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Um, sometimes those are fun because then it, it forces me to almost really like reflect on what is something that I've learned or what's something that I haven't talked about as much. And sometimes those episodes are um, like fun to kind of share my story a little bit more. So a little bit of like a, a gift to some extent, but um, another thing that I do to keep going is uh, sometimes I'll just read a book. Uh, that is like kind of related to the show. And if um, something scheduling wise, or I don't do enough outreach in advance, then I'll turn like the book episode or I'll read the book and I'll turn that into an episode. Um, so that's been like a really good kind of like backup plan almost. 
Um, and it's another good, like forcing function to read a book. And then like, I think similar to the way that I was talking about, like preparing to interview somebody, like when you know that you're going to read a book to share insights from it, like you really like dive deeper into like learning about the book as opposed to like flipping through pages. So I, I really like those kind of ideas of like, what are like the forcing functions to learn and to grow? Awesome. And I'm going to open it up to the audience if anyone wants to ask questions in the chat or um, go off, um, go on camera and uh, share their question live. Um, but I'll ask another question, David. Um, you've interviewed a lot of amazing people. Um, as you mentioned, Seth Golden, who's a prolific author, uh, Tiago Forte, another great author, um, high growth startup founders like Wes Cow and John Henry, uh, and even venture capitalists like Arlene Hamilton and Haley Bryant. And I'm wondering what are some of the similarities and some of the differences on how you were able to get their attention? Hmm. I look for like catalysts. Um, so what I call like speaking catalyst. Um, so let's say if someone has a new book uh, that comes out, like they kind of want to talk about the new book. If someone uh, has like a really new point of view, uh, like a, like, let's say they do like a deep dive essay or they change jobs or do something radical, like there's some, there's a story there that they kind of want to talk about or they're open to talking about. So I look for some of those, those moments, actually some of those, the, the names that you mentioned, um, I would say that those were like very lucky um, in the sense of some of the people that you mentioned tweeted that said like, Hey, I'm open to doing interviews and like shared a link. And right. I was just like sitting there on Twitter and I was like, is this happening? Is this happening? <laughs> just pounced and, on it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know um, yeah, I'd say there's a ton of luck, like of how I've been able to talk to some amazing people. So those are kind of the, there's that. And so it was, what are the similarities and what are the differences? Yeah, like um, so you mentioned that you were able to catch some of them on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm, I'd imagine that there's been some awesome cold emails that you've been able to, you know, write and be able to get people's attention that way. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know the exact stats, but a very large, a larger than expected portion than probably people expect, um, is because of cold email. Mm. Uh, people that have been on the show. Um, so. Uh, in my cold emails, I like to include a video. Um, so Loom uh, is a great tool. And so I'll like embed kind of the GIF version of the video into the email and which then links to the, to the video. And so I'll include that. And I think that is one way to kind of stand out um, from the noise of a lot of uh, people kind of trying to be in front of these people, trying to get their attention, asking for their time, asking for, you know, support. And so that's one thing that I've done. And I've gotten some feedback from people of like, wow, I never gotten that before. Like that's, whoa, like that's cool. So yeah, I do that a bunch. Um, but yeah, the cold email is definitely like most skills. It's it's a thing that you like develop and you practice and you get better and better at it. And um, you kind of see what works. Um, but there's a lot of, I think it's like, I, I think of the cold email almost like, every line has to count and every word has to count, but no more than that. Like it has to be long, uh, like, and specific and has to have a call to action and everything needs to be in that one email. Like you can't, like, I want someone to reply to that email and say, yes, I'm in. And next Thursday at 5 PM works for me. And then I send a calendar invite. And then we talk next Thursday at 5 PM. Like that's kind of what you almost want to think about. Like, 
what kind of response, what kind of response am I looking for from this cold email? Like, how could they reply? And is that the reply that I'm looking for? And so you really want to like decrease the friction, the okay. back and forth, like, and um, so that's what I've really tried to focus on is like, how do I make it super easy for someone to say yes? Yeah, that's, it's, it's definitely a cold email outreach game. Um, and I think that that happens for all personal projects or a lot of company building is like built on the back of cold emails. And, um, and then, you know, like you, over time, people see like the body of work and the consistency that you have. And they're like, okay, this person actually is doing something. Like, I think when people know that you're focused on something and you're consistent and persistent, people want to support that. They want to support the the builders that are in this, in this, on this call here. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they see the traction, when they see the commitment, and maybe it's not the first email, but if you follow up in a couple of weeks, a couple of months and say, Hey, since I last emailed you, I've done X, Y, Z things. And I think people really reward that more surprisingly than you uh, may suspect. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And it also reminds me from a professional standpoint, when you have a manager, you do the things that allow you to manage up. There's this phrase where you kind of um, kind of do the work for them, think for them and sort of put yourself in their shoes so that when you need something from them, it's an easy yes or no, or it's an easy action item that allows you to like progress your work forward. Um, so I, I love that uh, analogy. Um, and speaking of work, uh, I want to get to know more about the professional side of what you do. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you're the chief of staff network um, community operations manager, uh, and you do that the same work for the BizOps network. Um, I'm curious, what in your uh, work informs how you do the podcast and what from the podcast do you take uh, into your work? Um, well, a couple of things. So, well, one, I would say, you know, as like the topic of this conversation is around like, how does the personal project like accelerate uh, your career? And I would say like the podcast has helped me not immediately, but over time through like the relationships, the last four jobs projects have kind of come related uh, through the podcast. So that's really cool too. Um, So sometimes, you know, just these kind of low cost projects can really have lead to like more benefit than you may anticipate. Like sometimes people ask me like, are you monetizing the show? And I'm like, no, I'm not really doing that, but it's led to these other things um, like, like jobs and projects. And so I think like I've kept them, you know, they're very, they're, they're separate in a good way, but like the, I started the podcast in that online cohort based course. Mm-hmm. And that's, I learned. And then when I started coaching in there, I, I learned some of the stuff that I'm doing now, um, how to like, how to host like mastermind type calls, community calls, round table calls. I learned how to uh, communicate online and how to yeah try to really understand going back to like the email part try to really understand what other people are communicating and not it's not my ideas it's like what what's their question what's their thought and it's not like oh you should do this so i think these courses are really good for like learning how to ask questions to people that you don't really know that well i use the cold email and the loom on both across both i use this mic <laughs> across both uh, um but um yeah i think the podcast and the podcasting workshops and cohort based courses have um, dramatically changed my life. And, um, it's the shows, the power of community and, um, you know, what you all have been building at Propel. 
That's awesome. Oh, thanks for that. Um, and then I'm, I want to double down on that question as far, or your response to that as far as um, your podcast helping you get to your current role. What were what was like a specific situation? Was it an outreach from your now manager? Um, did you reach out to a person and interviewed them and you guys um, were able to build a relationship from there? Yeah, I can speak to a couple. Um, so one example is I interviewed someone and then a couple of weeks later, that person said, hey, I'm trying to launch a podcast. Um, and I like the way that you hustle. I like the way that you like complete the work and how you like publish the work and ship the work. And I like how you did it really like timely and, you know, uh, hopefully with customer success in, in mind. And she said, um, I'm launching a new show. It's going to be like 10 episodes and I um, need to get it done in um, like um, a week. <laughs> and she's like, 10 episodes in one week. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she's like, can you kind of package this up? and put this all together and um i said uh i said sure um and so we got like sprinted on this project which was like she knew that i had some podcasting experience like we did a podcast together and um i was like okay this is a way to like take my skills and experiences a little bit deeper like put together something quickly um at scale and after that project was over she said um something to the lines of like, this was a good working relationship. Seemed like we had a good like flow and rhythm here. And um, the podcast is part of a, a company that I want to build. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, uh, I got some projects in mind, some courses and some masterminds and stuff in mind. Do you want to like work on that with me? And uh, so that was like a chief of staff, like experience that, um, you know, you never know where like a project that either that like you either do for yourself or that you do with somebody else, what that yeah. will turn into. And that was an example of like, at first I was like, really 10 episodes, like that's a lot of work. And like, I don't really want to be a professional podcast producer, but I was like, eh, this seems interesting. Like, let's see where it goes. And then, and then after it was over, like right after that, it was like, Hey, do you want to do this? And then, so we worked together for another like six to seven months or so, like side-by-side -side building stuff, uh, which was a lot of fun. I love that. And it sounds like you don't directly monetize the podcast itself, um, but obviously you've gotten a lot of professional roles and been able to monetize in other ways. I am curious though, um, would you like to in the future monetize the podcast itself? Is that an offer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm your first advertiser. <laughs> uh, it could be a story I'm telling myself, but I've thought that I've liked how it's been a creative outlet, how it's been, how there's been a lot of flexibility and creative control. And anytime you introduce more stakeholders, um, anytime you introduce more employees, uh, anytime you raise funding, more customers, like there's, there's a lot more kind of considerations and people need to think about. So I've kind of thought like if I was to, I think I'd be more interested in like sponsors and what would that look like? But um, I don't know. You'd have to really think about like, what is the value you'd be bringing to that person? And can you really prove that? And would that change your workflow? Would that change, uh, you know, your creative control? So I've kind of said like, ah, that's a bucket. That's like another side hustle. And I'm not sure I want to like, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, 
plenty busy as is. Uh, I'm not sure if I want to do that. And, but I think there's some different experiments that I could probably do, like not your traditional, like, you know, ads on the show, so to speak. Uh, maybe there's some like events or something that I might do or, but nothing, nothing in the near, near term, unless you've got a great offer though. Yeah, no, I'll keep my eyes, uh, eyes and ears open. <laughs> help you out there. Um, and we have a question from Jay-Z. If you'd like, uh, you can ask the question live or I can ask it for you. Yeah, I, um, I missed the beginning. So maybe after uh, you answer the question, you might just summarize like, you know, your main nugget of insight. Um, but I was wondering, you know, since you built this podcast, how did you market it? There's so many podcasts out there. and How did you reach your audiences? Yeah. Great question, Jay-Z. And by the way, do you have a podcast? Are you thinking about starting a podcast or just kind of curious as to maybe some background behind your question? Um, well, I do. I'm a product manager from a design background. So I think there are very few of us and I want to start a community, but I don't know if that's with a podcast, with like a blog, you know, there's um, so many resources ready for product managers and so many resources ready for designers, but not like anything that merges them. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, okay. I want to, I want to, I want to talk about your question more, but I think you want to, you want to hear my answer. <laughs> oh, whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> um, so I'd say like for me, and it goes back to like, you can go back to this, this first email from Seth Godin about the program. I uh, said like, it doesn't matter. I think it's like, there's a lines like doesn't matter if you make any money from it. It doesn't matter if anyone listens to it. It matters if you like ship the work. So I've really kind of focused on that kind of posture of like, what, what am I, what's my game or what's my North star? Really? What am I focused on? And for me, it's always just been like new episodes and not maximizing listenership. Um, it's like, can I keep going? Am I experimenting. So am I learning new things? And I've done some stuff to like build on top of the show that has been fun. And recently I launched like a, or earlier this year, I launched like a, a course and that's for free as well. If you want to start a podcast, I got a free course. Um, so I've, I've kind of pursued the more like building projects and skills in addition to the relationships, as opposed to like really focusing on growing an audience. Um, I've gotten better at creating like digital media assets, whether it's video clips um, or like posting on Twitter or a newsletter. Um, so I've gotten better at those kind of things, but haven't really focused on listenership, but maybe I should, I don't know. If... <laughs> and, I get it. Uh, I think you're saying it was just rewarding for yourself to learn these skills and to kind of um, keep at it. Like, yeah, I'm not, I guess if I work in, in like, you know, for profit, but you're saying like, you just did it. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's something really like empowering when you do stuff kind of on your own and you just kind of like do it. And obviously then also the past couple of years, like there was less competing things. Like I was just sitting at home and people were like a little bit easier to hop on Zoom. There's, you know, less, you know, kind of competition of things for time uh, and places to go, et cetera. But for me, at least it's been really cool to like prove to yourself that you can do something consistently. And I think that kind of developing that confidence like translates to a lot of other areas and to a question around like work and stuff. It's like, you know, when you start to run up against resistance, you're like, am I the kind of person that like figures something out and, you know, publishes or, you know, sends this email or, you know, uh, changes this thing. And when you're consistent in 
one area, I think it translates into other areas. In terms of yours, like going back to Seth Godin, he's also very popular for a phrase called the minimum viable audience. So what's the smallest audience? And that audience can be just for yourself. Like you can literally just think like, I'm creating this podcast for myself. You could say that. And the same thing with like your, you know, the community or the the, the work that you're talking yeah. about. Like, you know, there is a lot of other people, but nobody can like beat you at the thing that you want to do. And really like being focused and specific, uh, I think can help at least myself think about like, well, I'm just in my lane and there is a lot of other noise that's out there, but like, I know what my lane is. And if I just like stay true to that, then like, that's, that's, that's good enough for me. Yeah. I like your idea. Maybe I will do a podcast because if I write a blog, it is just me writing to myself. (laughs) I'm like, what is the point of that? You know, that's not, um, I mean, of course there is point to self-reflection, but I think it'd be much more fun for me to talk to someone else. And then, you know, they and I can combine our audiences and uh, increase our reach in terms of like marketing, right? Like hashtags. So um, yeah, thanks. Cool. Yeah. Podcasting is great for, for talking to other people um, and, you know, finding a real way that's a win-win to connect with people that's unique in many other ways. And I think people like sharing their story. People want you know, media kits or links and stuff to share and stuff like that. So I've been pleasantly surprised over and over and over again by who says yes. And you don't really know why sometimes, but like they say yes. And I think when you create these like win-win combinations and collaboration opportunities uh, for people and compared to a blog, yeah, it's a great way to then um, meet somebody else and talk to somebody else. Yeah, that's a great idea. I think, um, do you, sorry, I think I'm like taking over my last question. <laughs> do you always do video? Cause it sounds easier to just do audio, but maybe people watch video more than they listen to audio. Like do people watch the video for three minutes and then for audio, they just stop after like 15 seconds. I don't know if you have data around that or, you know, what's been more fun. Yeah. So I record over video just like we're doing right here, but um, I don't publish the videos. I don't have a YouTube channel. I think that that's a different, that's like a show show compared to like a podcast. And I think we're seeing more show shows and more people are really doubling down on their like video thing. And I think, again, goes back to like competition or what's my lane and stuff. And I think that that's a, like a production game and that would probably cost money. And yeah. that's not, well, we'll see what Arif's uh, proposal is to me, but. <laughs> working on it. I'm working on it. You're saying uh, the audio is just easier and cheaper and the video costs more to make it look nice. Yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. Like mine, it's just like this. It's on Zoom. And I'm not sure, you know, what other people do with other shows, but I think they probably use something different than Zoom. And, but for me, again, goes back to what I was saying earlier about like the ease of execution. Like if you communicate to someone and say, Hey, let's just hop on zoom for 30 minutes. People know what that looks like and feels like. If you say, Hey, I want to interview you for this YouTube channel. And you have to go to the, like, there's, this is the production elements. Like you need to, you know, do you have the right lighting? Do you have a right mic? Do you have all these things? If not, I'll send it to you. Like Think oh, about no, no, all no. Yeah. you're saying this yeah. Zoom video is is enough for what you would call a non-produced 
video podcast. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't, okay. I, I don't, I don't publish these videos on YouTube. You probably could, but like, I don't, because I think like the, the YouTube videos have a different look than like a zoom published video. Oh, so you, you only publish your audio basically. Correct. And okay. then, but I, but I'll use a clip from this in like Instagram stories or Twitter that shows the video element. Um, but I'm not like, that's only like a 15, 30, 45 second clip compared to like a 30 minute zoom video. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Great questions, Jay-Z. Um, love the name too. Uh, <laughs> and Reno, uh, I see your comments and I think if David is down, I'd love to, uh, work that workshop that with you. Um, basically, can you see her, um, her comment, David? Yeah. I want to hear, I want to hear it from her. Yeah. Hey, I uh, can't have my camera on right now, but um, yeah, happy to to speak. Thanks for for this. This has been really uh, interesting and cool. I've heard some of your podcast episodes as well, so it's nice to hear more from you. Um, uh, So you're welcome. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think, and you know, and I I don't know if um, from your experience you can speak to my question or my thoughts or based on people you've spoken to before, but. I think for me, I'm, I feel like I've got so many interests and, you know, when I see people with, whether it's a blog or a newsletter or a podcast or something that they publish, some kind of media, um, you know, it's like people have uh, a subject area or a niche or something where they are in some way or form very experienced or knowledgeable or like a quote-unquote expert in something and then they're delivering this value or interesting pieces out to people Um, and then from my personal perspective when I think about some of the things that um, interest me first of all it's so many things and it's like how do I choose what topics or narrow it down what is my angle Uh, and then am I even you know I guess in the back of my mind I feel am I even uh knowledgeable or experienced enough in this topic to be putting something out that then will be received uh in a good light you know so but I do know that I want to embark on this journey of putting something out on a consistent basis whatever that timing would be um homing the craft of writing in the process Uh, I I guess I just wonder about when is the right time to kind of just start publishing anyway, just to, you know, overcome maybe some of those courage or vulnerability uh, barriers and just, you know, um, try and then refine along the way. Or should I kind of, um, I don't know, write, but then not publish for a while to hone that skill and then start to put stuff out there. Yeah, I've just got a lot of questions about when is the right time to, you know, hit publish on something. I love this question. Um, and and thanks for the context. Um, have you had a similar situation like this before? Um, wh- what do you mean? I don't want to call it a crossroads, but have you mm-hmm. been in a, a prior situation when you had to make a decision with not all the answers in advance? Mm. I guess so. I mean, yeah, I think so. Maybe uh, I would say, to to be honest, one maybe good example of that is the 
job that I'm in now, the career I do now, which is as a strategist in advertising, which I just started a year ago. And this is an industry that's completely new to me. A lot of the, the skills, I'm a junior level of, uh, as a strategist in my company. A lot of the skills and the um, uh, crafts that you have to apply as a strategist are things that I had not really much clue of before, but I just had a, a drive and an interest and had lots of conversations with different people to where it led me to eventually have an interview with this company and get the job. They, I guess, just liked my uh, enthusiasm and, and drive for it. But the actual craft skills of this job is something that I've been learning along the way. So in that sense, I don't know if that's a good example for what you're saying, but I didn't quite have the answers in terms of exactly what I needed to do to day to day in, day out, fulfill this role. Um, but I just had an idea that some of the mindsets and personal qualities you needed for this job I had um, and I had a, just a general interest in the industry as a whole so I kind of launched forward and and have been, um, and I'm still on that journey. Love it it's a beautiful journey so it sounds like you've overcome resistance and uncertainty and feeling I don't want to say it but like an imposter so to speak um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and sounds like you're doing all right after that. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, that's a good proof point to know that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, uh, you'll be all right through this next one. Mm. If you're, if you're looking for call it more like tactical kind of things. Mm. um, And, and and one is like, let us know when you're first, like give us a date as to when your first writing piece is going to be. And I guarantee if you tell us a date, you somehow will publish something that day. Like mm. if you tell people, if you tell people when you're going to publish something, somehow it'll get done. I don't know. I don't mm. know exactly how, I don't know if you're going to use a pen or if you're going to use a keyboard or if you're going to use a, a typewriter, but somehow mm. this, this thing will get done. If you tell people that, um, have your back and want to see you succeed, like the people here on this call, um, somehow you'll get it done. Uh, I believe mm. in you and the other, like some other kind of tactical things like like my show's broad Mm. so like you could do that um you could also call it like uh, some podcasters call their own show their own name and just like use that as a way to like explore things um Mm. but i think like my show is definitely like the topic right like portfolio career it's really broad and right and that's given me kind of flexibility so you could do the same thing with um, with your writing. Um, another thing that I did was like, right when the show came out, I think probably I was feeling exactly the way you're feeling. Like, like what's people's reaction going to be to the first episode. And I I think it's good for new shows to have multiple episodes just in general. Like, it's good to say, like, if someone likes the first episode, like to have another thing with, for them to say like, Oh, you like this one. Here's another one. So maybe you, as part of like your first blog post or first essay or whatever you're writing is to have a couple things already, already there and, and not be like mentally and emotionally on the hook for like that first thing. Um, right. So kind of have multiple things that, yeah, so to speak, you publish at once, like, I don't know, three or so you mean? Sure. Yeah. Right. Hmm. And I'd like to jump in. Um, there's this thought around, There's editors, there's curators, and there's experts. And it sounds like you're asking yourself 
or the internet to, to give you permission to be an expert when mm. you can very easily start as an editor, which it sounds like you've done. And then you can sort of graduate to a curator. Curator mean whatever your interests are, you collect them from other links, other sites, other publications, you curate that. And now you become a, a, an authoritative voice on what's cool, what's cultural, what's relevant. And then people start to ask you questions like, oh, where did you even find that? What, what's your analysis on that? Um, I'd love to hear your insights on that. And then from there, you graduate to an expert. So you don't have to start thinking about the end. Let's say the end being 10. Right now, you're at zero and you're thinking about, okay, what, what does it mean to be an expert? What, what are the things that I need to do? All you have to do is go to one. And once you get to one, the next step is two. And you can continue to graduate from there. Hmm. Cool. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks uh, a lot, David um, and Arif as well. Uh, yeah, really just helpful tips, both from a practical, technical perspective and um, in terms of mindset and just the, yeah, the thought processing behind it all as well. So awesome. Thanks. Of course. So much. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. Great question. We have a few more minutes before we wrap. Um, does anyone else have any questions before uh, we end our session? Can I get like a one liner buzz summary since I missed the beginning and it's always good to end on a buzz too? Yeah, sure. Uh, no pressure, right? Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, I would say that uh, I, I would say a, a personal project can transform your life more than you think it can um, by, you know, either the skills, the relationships or the, the body work that you create or the mindset and the internal confidence. And that can translate into many different areas. And so, you know, for me, the podcast has been, I don't know how much it costs, but not a lot of money. And, but the value and the return that you get from a low cost kind of thing is astronomical so to speak and so it's like podcasting is an incredible way to create like almost un to some extent unlimited upside for like very little cost mm. and i think that that's really cool it's just like starting a company right like if the company takes off like like that's really cool like you're helping people you're helping yourself and you're solving customers problems and the same thing can happen with personal projects where it's just these low cost kind of experiments that you're doing for yourself out of your own curiosity and then um, it can lead to some really cool stuff when you keep going and you can't anticipate it like again as I started this conversation like I can't when I started in 2018 if you're going to say you know on November 9th 2022 we're going to talk about you know 240 episodes like no way and so the same thing for the podcast that you're thinking about Renew's blog all those kind of fun things yes December 16th there we go um, so I know you were looking for a one-liner, but, uh, I think I wanted to just kind of wrap that up for you in a little bit of a bow. Thank you. It's a lovely bow, David. Um, <laughs> and so I'll share David's LinkedIn here. Um, would love for you to connect with him there. Um, he's sort of a celebrity on LinkedIn already. So, um, you know, you guys can just add more fuel to the fire. Uh, it's been great connecting with you all this afternoon, uh, evening, and uh, potentially morning for some of you, depending on where you're at. Um, and yes, David, uh, really appreciate your time, your insights. Um, I feel like we've uh, shared a lot of a lot of knowledge and value um, in the session. So 
want to thank you all for joining again and have a good rest of your day. Thank you all so much. Hey friend, thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Portfolio Career Podcast. Would love to hear what you learned and what you enjoyed. Um, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever is best for you. And as a reminder, I'm just one email away as well. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which includes the best insights from the podcast and friend sourced opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.